You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is brought to you by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is one of Montreal's premier metal promoters when there isn't a global pandemic. Crushing the concert industry, they normally put on a bunch of amazing shows here in Montreal all year long. But not only that, they also put on one of North America's best metal festivals. And trust me when I say this, it is absolutely true because I have played just about every fest out there and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I am so, so stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops podcast. Today I'm very stoked to be with Blake Harrison of Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P., Get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 208. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Blake Harrison of Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, Zealot R.I.P. How are you doing, Blake? Hanging in there, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Let's start this off with a fun yet complex question I've been throwing at people. How are you coping with 2020? Wow. Uh, just like everybody, you know, um, or trying to drink in copious amounts and trying to forget about, uh, you know, what's really going on. Um, you know, in America here, it's a big year with the election, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started, but, you know, not being able to do music is... Uh, a little rough. So I've been writing some stuff here and there when I can. Uh, I've got, you know, six new projects that have not gotten off the ground. Very in their uh, infantile stages and probably will stay that way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just trying to do what I can. I'm, uh, I work for a living too. So I'm, I'm back in the office, which kind of sucks because we're really dead. But whatever gets me out of the house once a day. Damn right, brother. It's, 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 it's these quarantine projects are very intense i love it a bunch of people have hit me up as well and i'm involved in a bunch of things but i i I am also curious to see how many actually come to fruition exactly man it's uh you know i had i think i had one started the first week and it like instantly you know the guitar player wrote some riffs and instantly died like right there (laughs) not because the riffs weren't good it was just uh you know he's got two bands and uh the guy we were going to have play drums had another band. So it was like, all right, man, that's cool. <laughs> uh, you're talking about writing. Where does this come from? Where do you go to get your inspiration? How are you? How are you going about composing during all the madness? This is going to sound a little cliche, but, uh, you know, I have to have a couple cold ones to get, get in the mood. Um, you know, a lot of stuff I do is kind of soundscapey noise, ambient sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I find that me drinking a couple of beers uh, kind of helps me forget about traditional music, in, qu- in quotes. Uh, you know, sometimes my girlfriend gets a little pissy because she'll uh, wake up and there's like, you know, 12 empty cans that I haven't cleaned up. <laughs> but, you know, I, I get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's my secret, Blake. I, I always put them in, put them away before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to do that. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's kind of weird because I don't really have anything in particular to write for right now. Big Destroyer is working 
on some stuff, but it's very much in the time of, uh, you know, it kind of gets done when it gets done. So there's not anything in particular I'm writing for. So uh, our new bass player and I kind of started a noise core project that he has not worked on at all since I read, wrote the stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's kind of whatever. <laughs> it is interesting with Pick Destroy that you guys don't go by any schedule. You guys just create when you want to create. You guys don't necessarily go out and tour. It's not something that you guys seem interested in whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of started that way originally um scott works for the government and was on call for a long time and when the band started so uh you know and then he he has a family too now uh a wife and two kids and his oldest just turned 18 so you know it's a little different than than it was um and you know it's just like yeah, piling in a van and and being around a bunch of dudes is not something that i think was ever in the cards for the band and now at this point, you know, I'm going to be 45. Scott's pushing 50. You know, that, that sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Once you crawl out of the van and into the venue, it feels okay. But it's everything in between that, that makes touring very difficult. I mean, you definitely start noticing joints that hurt a lot more that you didn't know you had when you were younger. Absolutely. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. What beer are we going to share today? What beer do you have on your side there, Blake? Well, I've got two, but um, and this is the Pick Destroyer Droid Theory Octagonal Stairway. Uh, since we had the EP come out in August, uh, we went to the brewery and Mark wanted to do a collab. So since we can't play shows, no one can play shows now, um, I was like, what if we did it as in conjunction with the release of the record? So in Mark's, uh, to Mark's benefit, or... I don't know, maybe that's not the right word. Um, he really turned that around super quick. I mean, it was brewed and canned in a month. Mm -hmm. It's a heavy brew, too. Yeah, it's 10 and a half. It's an imperial uh, milk stout. Uh, in theory, we're getting some coffee, and we're, we're going to have a big share of coffee, and we're going to try to do a imperial milk coffee stout next Very nice. and try to have a collab with the two. And then I've also got the Three Floyds, Permanent Funeral, which is our like kind of flagship beer, which is now the first time in cans and actually available in New York State and New Jersey and Massachusetts for the first time ever. So they only kind of sold in Illinois and uh, Indiana. So now they're finally, I think they can catch up uh, with their production and, and kind of start sp spreading out a little bit. Very cool, very cool. There's a lot that you just mentioned I want to touch on. <laughs> Let me crack this open, pour it out. Uh, sure. You crack over whchever you would like to do. And uh, let me throw some questions at you about craft beer to start. Yeah, very good. I am going to be drinking Negation from Adroit Theory Brewing. Shout out to uh, Mark, who we were just speaking about, a Vox and Hops alumni. Uh, this is a very intense stout. This is a Russian Imperial stout with toasted <laughs> coconut, pecans, cacao nibs, bourbon barrel aged, and aged with honey uh, with a bunch of lactose. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't say it on the can, but after having spoken to mark i know that it clocks in around 15 percent. so yeah i had that at the brewery and it's pretty intense man let me pour this out uh, you, you, you introduce the one that you're gonna drink and then uh, we'll keep going i'm actually not gonna drink it <laughs> tonight but uh we can discuss the the since we're on the adroit theory um this is the octagonal stairway named after our ep which came out in august it is a 
uh, let's see, Imperial Milk Stout. And a uh, lucky me, it clocks in at only 10 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual cheers. Well, you're not cheers. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, got, I've, I've got to uh, hydrate a little bit, a little after last night. So it's damn good. It's, it's sweet as fuck. It is really good. It is really good. I mean, uh, you know, like which, when you read what was in it, man, that's a mouthful. It's not just like, hey, it's beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Mark had mentioned you guys because I just had him on the podcast and we talked exactly about the Pig Destroyer collab. He mentioned that you guys wanted something a little bit more smooth and he talked you guys up into the, the higher register. T- talk me through that whole conversation. So, you know, um, we had the Three Floyds uh, permanent funeral. Um, and we've had that for a couple of years and that's 10 and a half percent. And that's uh, Imperial IPA. And then we did another collab with three Floyds, which we called army of hops, which again was a Imperial IPA hazy. So it's like a lactose IPA. So I kind of wanted something that you could sit around and bullshit with your friends and have more than two. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mark was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's not do that. <laughs> So, you know, um, I live in the D.C. area, and they're not far from here. So that's, uh, you know, they're kind of known as the metal brewery around this area. Um, So, you know, it is his brewery, so I didn't want to argue too much. But I really wanted, like, a nice kind of drinkable smooth stout. Um, I remember the day I went to the brewery to pick the beer up. And they poured me one. And I was like, they were like, you want another one? I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm going to drive like 45 minutes. Uh, but it's really good, you know. Drinking two of them um, is a lot. <laughs> you know, I usually drink Guinness. So that's uh, two of those is like five Guinnesses or something like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and now about three Floyds. How did you guys get so involved with them? They're, they are one of the biggest metal breweries out there and they're making brews for everyone. How did you guys get involved there? So the short version is uh, they've done something with municipal waste and we're good friends with Dave Whitty. In fact, Dave was in Pig Destroyer for a hot minute. So he was like, yeah, you guys should just get with Three Floyds and see if they want to do a beer for you. So uh, we did. I mean, the story is not that super interesting. (laughs) Um, And they were like, yeah, that's cool. And we designed the label and they kind of came up. uh, So we kind of based Permanent Funeral off of Zombie Dust. Great, bro. It's it's just a little more intense. It's higher alcohol. It might be a little hoppier. so Three Floyds typically just does their beer band collabs, and it's like a one-off. Like, I've got a couple here, the Amber Smash Face from Cannibal Corpse, um, and they don't make them after that. Uh, so this one was so popular, they decided to keep it. So they said, you know, we have two options here. We can uh, take your name off it, and we'll keep selling it, or we can take your keep your name on it, and we'll just send you beer every time. So every time they make it, we get beer, which is especially good here because uh you can't get it here Mm -hmm. so all my craft brew friends shout out to metal chris uh usually gets a couple three or four so he can trade um you know and it definitely uh (laughs) you know i've gone to dc brow a couple times and uh had those with me and they're like yeah like you know i'm like yo do you want this and they're like oh yeah come on come right That's amazing. That's amazing. Let, let's uh, dance even further back into just beer in general. Do you remember your first, first beer? Oh, my God. Uh, I probably um, when I'm from Southern Maryland, uh, pretty grew up pretty rural. Uh, so it was probably Milwaukee's best. And it might have been. I mean, I was a teenager, uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere. You kind of start that sort of thing young. 
um, you know, me and my dipshit friends would listen to thrash metal and, and get drunk uh, on the weekends. That's all we would do. So I'm going to say 99% sure it was Milwaukee's best, which we called Beast. It was just like, you know, I don't know, like a dollar fifty a six pack or something like that. Dollar fifty. And it was cheap. And it still is. I mean, they still make it, but it's a pretty shitty beer. Oh, we had that up here in Canada too. When, when I was starting out drinking too. I've I had a, I've had a few Milwaukee best in my life. <laughs> but they're they're stronger up there, right? I believe so. I think six point one percent maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. If my memory serves me correctly. Uh how about that first good beer? And was it Dave Witty? Because how many people on this podcast have I interviewed and they've said it was Dave Witty? <laughs> you know, it's either Dave Witty or Chris Dodge from Spaz and and uh, you know, those two are like the super and, and Richard Christie, as a matter of fact. Uh he's a super big, big, big beer guy. Um you know, probably my first craft like beer uh, that I really liked was there was a brewery in Baltimore that's not around anymore. And, you know, I'm having a really hard time remembering it. But they had this Irish Wake stout. And it was super just like really malty and very easy to drink. And I think they were going out of business. So, uh, again, the six packs, I was in college and the six packs were like $3 a piece. So I was like, I'll take 10. <laughs> so I had that stuff forever and it was, uh, it was great, man. And I really wish that brewery, they got bought by somebody, um, years and years ago, probably flying dog or ballast point or something like that. And, uh, they did redo that beer, but it was not the same. And I cannot for the life of me remember what the name of the brewery was. Some listener will, will know and they will. Let yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're going back 20, 25 years. So, that's amazing. Uh, when, when you do turn to a, to a craft beer, what is your, your go-to style? You mentioned that you guys have made a, an IPA, a hazy IPA, a stout. You mentioned you drink Guinness. What, what is your, if you're at a bar and you want to have a beer, what beer do you gravitate towards? I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Irish, like kind of Irish dry Irish style guy. Um, you know, the Imperials kind of for me are a little too sweet and syrupy. And I like to drink more than one. And I really you know, if I'm out, I don't want to start my night off with like a 15% beer, Mark. Um, <laughs> you know, but I like a lot of lagers. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm kind of more of like a malt type of guy. I'm not super into the hops. Uh, I do, you know, I like the permanent funeral because it's it's hoppy, but it's not as bitter because it's the citra hops. Um, so, you know, that's a little different. But again, that's a 10.5% and I can't find it anywhere. Um so I think I answered your question right. <laughs> you got it. I was, I was just doing my extra little nod there. <laughs> right. I tend to, uh, you know, ramble a little bit, so. I love it. It's perfect for podcasts. Uh, <laughs> let's dance back into music and in your youth once again. When you were growing up in your parents or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Um, almost none. My father, uh, still to this day, doesn't listen to music. Uh, he's very, uh, Christian. Uh, so I guess, you know, if he did listen to music, it'd be gospel, but you know, my mom I, I was, you know, I graduated high school in 93. So my mom was a very like, you know, just pop eighties hits radio. So that was on a lot. And, uh, my knowledge of that stuff still, uh, shines through sometimes, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is so-and-so. And I know the words to all the songs. I have an older brother who was, uh, kind of into what was, kind of hip at the time like the cars and journey um i think like the most metal stuff he had was uh screaming for vengeance by judas priest 
and Black Sabbath, and those were on eight tracks. Hmm. I distinctly remember those. That's crazy. Um, so it was like, you know, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so I worked construction, a lot of classic rock, stuff like that. Um, you know, not always to my liking per se. Where, where, where do you, did you discover metal? Where, where did you get into it? Who would have been that person that you owe a huge shout out to because you wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that discovery? Um, there was kind of three other like metal burnout kids in high school, uh, middle school, actually, in this case, um, you know, Metallica was so fucking huge. Uh, and when I just frog came out, that was what 88, I was in middle school. And it was kind of unavoidable. Like, I had heard some stuff before. Like, I had a couple neighbors that were like, oh, man, you don't like a rat? And it kind of dug Ozzy a little bit. But I was a little too young to, like, kind of have my own taste. And I heard Injustice for All. I distinctly remember going to Canada the first time we went to Quebec. And I probably listened to Injustice for All, like, three times on the bus ride, on the way up and on the way down. So uh, Dave Kelly, more than likely, is this, this guy with Ozzy. I'm still in touch with him, actually. That's awesome. Um went to school with and you know we were just kind of freaks about metallica freaks about guns and roses and it kind of spiraled from there very cool where what would have been the first show that you went to go see it doesn't have to be metal it could be any live music performance experience this is funny so do you know the rock band kicks i do not know okay they're so they're from maryland um a lot of people <laughs> there's a joke uh that you don't really like kicks if you're not from maryland um, they had like a pretty, pretty big major label hit. They were a hair metal band. Don't close your eyes was like a suicide, anti-suicide ballad. Uh, but they played a high school near us when I was very young and my brother went and my mom said, you're not going to go unless you take your little brother. So what's funny about that story is they were on their second major label record and they were playing a high school, a regional high school. So if that lets uh, all you young kids know that like the labels just then didn't give a shit. They just put out your record and they're like, it's up to you now, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was kicks at Thomas Stone High School in Charles County, Maryland. Unbelievable. And do, do you remember, do you have vivid memories of, of the whole thing? No. <laughs> I mean, I might have been seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was really young. Um, you know, and then we grew up near DC, so... Uh, you know, DC is so famous for having all ages shows. So, you know, the first one of us that got our license, we would just go to shows. I mean, we would sometimes just go to DC and not knowing what was happening. And we'd go check out the Black Hat. And if there wasn't anything there we didn't want to see, we'd go swing by the 930 Club and see what was going on. You know, there's a little difference because you had uh, kind of you know, local newspapers where the band, uh, clubs would advertise what was coming up. And there'd be a lot of shit we'd just check out because it was ex-members of so-and-so. Um, you know, I got burned a lot by some of that, but, you know, I found some great stuff <laughs> at the same time. What, you know? what would have been that, that, that secret find that you just freaked out about once you were there? Oh, my God. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I, I kind of distinctly remember this band Alloy and this band Down by Law that was ex-members of All and Dag Nasty, and I didn't like them. Um, <laughs> So that's that's not. I didn't answer your question. I answered the opposite <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't really know offhand. Uh, there was a band called King Horse that we found because they opened for Danzig. Um, I'm still like huge. I, it's kind of hard to say you're a huge fan when the, the band only has one record, but I am a big fan and have recently been in touch with their singer, which is kind of a you know the. 15-year-old kid in me is geeking out hard when I talk to that guy. Is that leading towards a quarantine project? 
No, <laughs> not, not, at all. not at all. I don't think that guy has any interest in playing music whatsoever. <laughs> How about your first time on stage? Do you do you remember that? Um, yeah, you know, I was uh, in high school, and stage is a very loose term. Uh, just me and some idiot kids uh, got together, and uh, we were all over the place. You know, um, we kind of had some grungy stuff, kind of some Sonic Youth sort of stuff. I wanted to be heavy as hell, so I turned my <laughs> to my BC Rich Warlock as like low as it could go and tuned it up just so it would make noise. Uh, I think we went through probably 15 names, you know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, the the first stage, you know, we played a couple basement parties and stuff like that outdoors. Uh, but the first one was probably some talent show at uh, like a, a rival high school, and man, we were bad. <laughs> But did you have the moment of, of, of the chills and knowing that this is what you wanted to do for real in life? You know, that didn't really happen. So, um, you know, I, I always wanted to play music. I just never really had any super aspirations to be, you know, to do anything other than what I wanted to do. Um, especially then, I mean, you know, you know very well that like death metal was, and, and extreme music was way more of a bastard child than it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was in this kind of like grind power violence band from Baltimore. And uh, our first record was a, a picture disc, actually, which is crazy that anyone would spend that kind of money on a band's first record. Um, and it was just so much fucking fun. And I met so many great people through it that I kind of just never stopped. Um, you know, the idea of being a career musician kind of never really crossed my path because it was like, I'm not good enough to do it. And I didn't want to ever can compromise what uh, I wanted to do, you know? Um, and I can kind of specifically point to like new metal where it was like when that whole thing kicked off, I mean, I was disgusted by it and I was like, man, imagine having to do this and having like, this is how you pay your bills. Like I was like, <laughs> man, I, w I would, I would want to do it. You know, <laughs> I was a new metal child. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'm a couple years older than you. So only seven. It's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you got. You mentioned uh, right before we started recording this that you have a bit of a bang over. So, so explain to everyone what a bang over is in case they're they're unaware of what it is and uh, why you do have one. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat that I have a little bit of a bang over and a little bit of a hangover. Um, so, bang over is basically when your neck is sore from headbanging. Uh, you know, so um, I shot a video for my new bands RAP last night, and it's the first time we really got together and we kind of rented out this restaurant. So. Uh, it was socially distanced and we're not wearing masks, which, you know, we didn't want to have a COVID video, um, but we had to also be safe. Mm -hmm. um, and we're kind of a chaotic band. Like half the time when we play live, our drummer throws his drums in the crowd and goes and plays them out there. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of hard to capture the energy of that, especially when there's no one watching you. Um, you know, as well as I do, shooting videos is, it's pretty monotonous, man. <laughs> uh, it can get tiresome. And, you know, you have to have the same amount of energy that you did in your first take when you did in your 20th take. Exactly. And it's hard to keep, it's hard to keep that up. So, yeah, I'm, I got a little bit of a bang over today from that. <laughs> How did you guys go about trying to capture that energy, even though it is impossible because you're not at a loud, live crowd setting? I don't know, man. I think we just kind of went for it and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> our, our, the guy that shot the video said he got a lot of great footage. Uh, he wanted to show me and I just was like, I don't care, man. Like <laughs> I, I did, saying I don't care is, is not true, but I don't, you know, 
I don't really care to watch myself, you know? I don't know if you're the same way, but there's nothing more boring than that to me. <laughs> I, I I normally don't care too. It's like I take pictures for the podcast with beers and stuff. My wife, producer of the podcast, takes the pictures and she's like, "You got, I got, you got one." Okay, good, whatever, it's fine. Let's do it. Right. And same thing at work too. I sorry, the, the girls at work. I work in a early childhood education center, and we normally have picture day every year, and they obsess about this picture day. And I just stand there, take the picture, and it's over, and that's it. Right. Know? Right. <laughs> you know, and that being said, it's it's a little different when it's the fans because I don't have to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're doing editing a video or whatever, you just have to look at yourself constantly. And I'm like, oh man, my ball spot's really showing there. Or like, mm-hmm. I, I got to get on the treadmill or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's not just self-criticism. It's like, I don't really, you know, again, like I said, I kind of just want to do what I want to do and that's it. I don't really care how it looks to people. Um, if I mean, hopefully that doesn't sound like too punk and like, you know, snotty, but <laughs> how have you been filling the void for myself sitting down, conducting these interviews sort of fills the void, that little pre-show nerves, the, the, you know, hairs on the arm raising that I would get from playing a show. How are you filling that void? Um, again, it's just like, I kind of, uh, you know, when, when we decide to drink, we drink and <laughs> kind of have a good time. And, uh, yeah, that's it, really. You know, we have some social distancing with uh, friends, but it's starting to get kind of chilly here. So doing that outside is a little rough these days. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not as cold as where you are. It's probably already snowing, right? There has been some areas up here that I got Are hit. you serious? Yes, yeah, yesterday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was just making a joke. <laughs> uh, not not yeah, in Montreal. You know, not in Montreal on the outskirts. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like everybody. I'm just trying to trying to find my way. Um, you know, we've been, uh, my girlfriend and the dog and I have been doing a lot of hikes when it was nicer, like a lot of hikes, um, you know, just to get the dog out too. Uh, and that's kind of been it, man. It's, uh, my COVID story is pretty boring. Like I try to work on music when I can and I feel the inspiration, but sometimes I just don't feel it. It's not something that could be forced. It's not like you could sit there right. and make it come as it never works in that circumstance. Right. And that's what, like, you know, when Picture writes a new record or, or something, then I have a goal. I have a, an end point right now at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've got, like I, I mentioned, there's a couple of projects I'm trying to get off the ground. So I've been writing lyrics for that constantly. Um, watch a lot of movies, a lot of movies. <laughs> Uh, How do you go about writing lyrics? Uh, personally, I'm not someone that actively writes. I only write when I do have a finished product in hand. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I just kind of, if something pops in my head, I make a, like a little note on my phone. I'll be as uh, a song title or just like a snippet of a lyric. And then I just kind of build it around that. But I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll put it down. And I'll come back to it. If I'm mm-hmm. not finding what I, what I feel like I need, I'll, I'll just set it down and come back to it. You know, uh, I, there's a project I, I'm going to be hopefully doing with Mike from Capitalist Casualties, um, Brian Fajardo, and my buddy uh, Travis was in this band called Asshole Parade, and I'm going to be the singer. So, um, you know, I wanted those to be kind of very violent lyrics. So I kind of tried to, usually I just write whatever pops in my head, whether I use it or not is a different story. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of had the idea of trying to do more violent lyrics, but there's a lot of unfinished pieces, but I don't have anything to put it to yet. So I'm not of the Kirk Cobain school where I'm like, just take a couple from here and a couple from there. Um, to me, you know, your lyrics should either tell a story or paint like a mood. 
Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Let's talk a little bit about Montreal. Do you remember your first time playing Montreal, visiting Montreal? Let's talk about Montreal a little bit. Yes, it was last year. That's the first time you played? No. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Oh, no, 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 no. The first time we played Montreal was heavy Montreal a couple of years ago. That's fucking um, awesome. Four or five. And that was a really great experience. Um, I got to watch Iggy Pop from the side of the stage, like 10 feet away. Uh, you know, Canadians are notoriously dickheads. <laughs> so uh, everyone was super not friendly. Uh, I mean, everyone was super friendly. They had... Uh, <laughs> Someone from the Iron Chef through catering. Um, I got to meet Chris Holmes and Lita Ford. Uh, we played at like three o'clock in the afternoon, which is kind of not really what we'd prefer. But I mean, there was a family. We we made these kids shirts years ago, and there's a family of a mom and a dad and two kids, and they were all wearing Piggy Star shirts up front. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And, but you know, it's kind of hard in the daylight, and I'm sure you you know this to like kind of find your energy mm-hmm. you're like man man i should be eating uh lunch right now <laughs> uh but yeah that's the first time we played montreal and then the second time was last year very cool very cool uh let's wrap this up with a classic wrap-up question that i love and you're actually going through it today so i love it what is your hangover cure uh you know there's really nothing but aspirin water and rest um that's it uh there are days where there's, you know, and I'm not like super hungover today. I only had a couple last night, but it's, uh, you know, how it is, uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's something to be said about lemon lime Gatorade too. And coconut water is my new kind of go-to for that. It's, it's super hydrating, but you know, you never get rid of that, you know, age wise when in my twenties, I could probably drink coconut water and like bounce back and have a beer right after that. Uh, now, you know, in my mid forties, it's a little tougher. Uh, so yeah, I'd say coconut water now or lemon lime Gatorade or just rest and aspirin, man. That's amazing. Blake, thank you so, so much for taking some time, having a chat with me, talking about your life, yes. music, thank you. and craft beer. Uh, I'm stoked about all these new projects. I'm stoked to see that new Zealot RIP video and, uh, I'll know that you, you suffered to make it so that makes me happy <laughs> <laughs> cheers bud cheers man thank you hey thank you all so so much for listening right to the end you know that i love and appreciate that what an excellent human blake is i've had the chance to meet him a few times before this chat and uh, every time was always a great time and i was really really looking forward to this chat and it was no exception it was a uh, super fun and plus i got to enjoy that delicious adroit theory brew with him i was looking forward to that as well if you enjoyed this vox and hops episode you should most definitely go and subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice but not only that you can also take the time to rate and write a review for the podcast because that will help more people just like yourself discover the podcast vox and hops is brought to you by sound talent media i have one more episode coming at you this friday but in Until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Fox and Hopsheads. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. (laughs) And my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. 
Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>